Hello, everyone. I'm here at Flux with Filippo Corti. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Good. So maybe just as a bit of an intro, if you could just tell us, for those who don't know, like what Flux is and what what you're about. Yeah. Um, so we are we we basically are a company that lives inside banking apps, and we deliver digital receipts inside the banking app. Mm-hmm. Uh, our main proposition is that basically, as as you pay with your c- uh, credit card or debit card, you automatically get the receipt within the existing bank that you existing yeah. app that you already have, rather than having to download like an extra app mm-hmm. or like change the way you pay. So the way that we say sometimes is similar to like what contactless did for the for the for Oyster card, for example. Yeah. So you just have like your bank card, you pay, and you automatically get your receipt. Mm-hmm. Cool. And obviously there's, I suppose, kind of an environmental angle to why you're doing that other than it's just a bit convenient. Could you maybe talk about like why you see paper receipts as a, a problem that needs solving? Yeah. Um, well, I think there is an environmental angle, but also the fact that like receipts can be useful, but they're not super useful in the format that they are right yeah. now. Like they're mostly overlooked. So the point is, at least for me, when I get a paper receipt, I just chuck it away. <laughs> Uh, I don't really look at it or store it, but they do contain like a lot of valuable data that can be used in different ways and like can provide you like services. Yeah. So we want to basically take receipts into the modern era and mm-hmm. just make them better. And yeah. yeah, currently like receipts contain BPA and like they can't really be recycled very easily. So like yeah. that's that's also very important for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you could talk us through a bit about like what's the makeup of the team here, like how yeah, how does it work? Design team, uh, team. yeah, design um, and yeah, how you kind of integrate or work with other departments yeah. or teams. Well, as you can see, we're like we're quite small. I think <laughs> yeah. we're, I think from today we're like twenty five. Mm-hmm. Uh, design is just me plus another person. I'm the product designer. The other person is more graphic, so he does yeah. like marketing, uh, <clears throat> communication. Mm-hmm. so on the rest is mostly developers and then like sales because we have to interface with retail and banks so yeah. there is a lot of like back and forth and communication mm-hmm. and like management yeah so that's kind of one thing i wanted to talk about is so flux is obviously it doesn't have its own app it's uh your product is a service that other products use so that's a little bit different to when we've spoken to Mondo or Starling or any other place that has got their own app. It's fairly clear, you know, what designers are designing because you can sort of see it um, on an interface in their own app. So how how would you describe design at Flux and what is it exactly you're designing? Yeah, I, f- I think basically I think of Flux as like an API for banks and retailers. And like to, to basically we give a service to both the banks and the retailers and this is one side of the equation. On the other side, like we do have a customer-facing like interface that like users use to like. For example, I don't know if you've seen like loyalty or like other yeah. aspects of our product. They are flux blended, mm-hmm. um, but we do try to integrate with the existing ecosystem. So if we work with like Barclays or like Monzo, we obviously don't want you to like open the app and all of a sudden see the flux part like completely different than yeah. the rest of the app. So we do. Uh, follow their UI guidelines, their design guidelines, and like try yeah. to respect the pat- patterns. I guess there's a certain element of having to align with these different partners so that when your stuff gets presented in the app, it, yeah, like you say, it doesn't look 
crazy. So how, if we take Mondo as an example, like how are you getting resources from them to to kind of make it all work together nicely? Yeah, um, we have like initial meetings where basically we scope down how the feature is going to work and like how we're going to integrate with them. Um, it's basically a lot of back and forth, to yeah. be honest. A lot of meetings and like, also like some banks might be interesting in digital SIPs, other banks might be more interesting in like the loyalty part. So it yeah. also depends on like which part uh, like the bank is more interested in. Mm-hmm. And depending on that, then we start developing the integration. Yeah. Um, and so the loyalty stuff, I'm guessing because you're capturing those transactions, you sort of know how many times people are going and what they're buying and that presumably allows retailers quite a lot of flexibility to customize their offers. We don't replace the, the existing loyalty schemes, or at least we're not doing that for mm-hmm. now, and we don't even have it in the roadmap. What we're trying to do is just simplify the way that like you collect points. Yeah. So basically, we offer the user a way to like connect uh, their bank card to the existing loyalty scheme. Yeah. And then just collect points as they pay. Right. So like. I don't remember the percentage, but a lot of like transactions, like loyalty schemes, do not work or do not capture like capture the the loyal base because people just do not bother to like tap the loyalty card during the transaction yeah. phase. So what we do by simplifying it is just that like as you pay, you automatically collect points, and mm-hmm. in this way, we just basically give the retailers a, an higher coverage, and we also simplify yeah. it for the user because the user doesn't have to like pay attention to this aspect. Yeah, how does that kind of integrate like? Because the loyalty cards, you've usually got sort of a separate app where you can check how many points you've got and what that gets you, all that sort of stuff. How does that work in terms of, I guess, the user's journey where the loyalty is captured against a particular transaction, but how do you then sort of know what you're entitled to next time? Yeah, for, for now, we're just simplifying the collection. Yeah. So for now, because that's the part that like you're, you're busy like fiddling with your phone or like fiddling uh-huh. with your wallet. And like that's the part that is the most like urgent to be simplified. So we leave the other aspects to the loyalty apps of the retailer. You yeah. still need to go into the right. loyalty app to redeem your points. That's partially because it's less like of a problem when mm-hmm. you're like checking your points or like you're not actually in front of a cashier or like about to pay. Um, it's also because some retailers obviously want to control the experience. They invested a lot in like the retailer app and they don't really want us to replace them. There's obviously benefits to consumers from doing this in that, yeah, they've got their receipts digitally, obviously, and they can collect points easily. But what are the, aside from what we just discussed around loyalty, like what are the benefits for retailers using Flux? Well, basically, I think we allow the retailer to connect with customer in a better way. So mm-hmm. one example is like, for example, uh, supermarkets, when they like sell you a product that is defective mm-hmm. or like that is being recalled, they don't have a way to like contact this customer that have bought it and yeah. tell them like, I don't know, like the chicken that you bought is uh, dangerous. What they do right now is, is just like sticking paper on, on a window shop or like at yeah. the entrance <laughs> of the store. <laughs> and they just hope that you're going to see it as you walk inside. So for example, because we know what you bought, we could just send you a notification and be like, Hey, don't eat the chicken <laughs> to return it. And, and they found you automatically or like issue you a cashback. So this one of, yeah. The things that yeah. we could do. It's almost like um, when you buy a washing machine or something and register it, right? Then the yeah. manufacturer knows what you've got and they can 
kind of contact you directly if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if it catches your house on fire, as many of them do these days. <laughs> well, tumble dryers, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so just going back a bit to more how you work with your banking partners. So Monzo, I know, is at least experimenting in kind of the loyalty point mm-hmm. space. Like, do you see them as competitors almost, or are you worried about kind of them just saying, oh, no, we'll just do digital receipts now? No, we're fine to if if uh, they will want down the line to like for us basically to integrate with the Monza Point system, mm-hmm. we're, we're fine with that. Like yeah. it's not it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, but also if a bank is like we only care about digital receipt, that's that's one of our core services, and it's fine. Also, if they if that's the only part they they really care about, we do think that for the user it's better to get to get all the services. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's up to the bank. So talking a bit more about yeah how your brand is sort of integrated in other brands, like how do you build a brand when it's not sort of visible in consumers' faces? Is the brand more aimed towards retailers and for consumers it's just like not sort of not important really? Or is there a different way you see or you would want consumers to have awareness of flux and start using it? I think we we do wanna we do want consumers to have awareness of Flux in the sense that, like, in the same way that, like, when you walk into a shop and you see the contactless logo, you know that you can mm-hmm. just tap your card and walk away. We would like you to see, like, the Flux logo and know that, like, you can just tap your card and get, like, your points or the digital receipt. Yeah. We do not want, though, to, like, overload you with our brand. So we do think that, like, for, for the kind of stuff that we do, uh, we do not have an interface because it's not really necessary. Like you do not yeah. really need an interface for this kind of stuff. It gets in the way of the transaction. Mm-hmm. So in these cases, it's better to just be transparent and just integrate in the background. So how do you approach or choose new partners you want to work with? So I know you're working with like Eat and Pret and Costa soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just signed up Just Eat, I noticed. Um yeah. So is there like a strategy to the type of partners you want to go for? Or is your goal to, you want every business in the UK to, to be using this? Well, the, the second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, yeah. Um, we, are, we are working on a product that will allow merchants to self-onboard themselves. So how, how it worked uh, until now is that basically we either go approached by merchants or mm-hmm. we approach them directly. Yeah. And that's the reason why we went to like big chains or like, mm-hmm famous brand also because like yeah but but we do want to simplify the onboarding and we do want like a small cafe or any merchants to be able to sign up to flux yeah. and start delivering this kind of services without any interaction from our side mm. yeah because so, uh, i think that's going to be the challenge right like it's quite easy get the chains on board and you've covered like quite a big portion of yeah. the market already but it's sort of those small independently owned businesses where it might be changing like a news agent or that kind of business so have you got any plans as to how you might reach those type of businesses because i'm guessing you it's an upgrade to the epos system right that the retailer uses yeah we integrate with the epos system yeah um there are many of them some of yeah. them are like the lion very old technology and they are there to integrate yeah. others are way easier yeah. for example if you think of it or other uh, clothes mm-hmm. or like newer ones they're yeah they're easier to integrate than maybe old not, not necessarily easier uh they just are built on like a newer stack 
of technology. But yeah, we, we, we do have a plan to tackle these uh, smaller businesses. I mean, ideally, we will have like the coverage of the whole market. Also, because from, from a user perspective, uh, it would be nice if you just tap and pay and knew that you were going to get the yeah. teacher receipts everywhere, not just mm-hmm. in a few yeah, places. Yeah. Um, we spoke previously to Monzo around like how they're going to reach the non-digitally savvy people that are willing to bank on their smartphone. There's still lots of people that, for whatever reason, kind of they're not quite there yet. We live, obviously, in the London bubble where everyone yeah. is on their smartphone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess what you're offering is pretty dependent on having that digital banking mm-hmm. system in place. Have you got any thoughts about how you could reduce kind of receipt use in a non-digital way? I know it's a bit of a, a big question, but yeah, for people that aren't using like banks like Mondo and Starling, et cetera, which is still like a lot of people, like how you might tackle that audience? Well, we do what, yeah, basically we do give, we give you the receipt in the banking app. So if yeah. you don't have the banking app, we can't really give yeah. you the receipt at the moment. I think it's an interesting question in the sense that like when we work with Monzo or Starling, obviously they have a very different user base than like Barclays. So once we're going to be fully live with Bar- we're live with Barclays on the Barclays launchpad, but once we're going to be fully live, I think we're going to be super extra careful in the way that we communicate to the user. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're less tech savvy. Not less tech savvy, but like I've noticed that like the Monzo users or the Starling users are way more open at giving us feedback or like mm-hmm. and letting us know what they, t- yeah. what they think about a feature. <laughs> Whereas Barclays... Yeah, I expect like to cover a wider range of demographic and users. Yeah. So to yeah. be more complex to cattle for. So how does it work with if we take Monzo again as an example? Like, did you do any kind of user testing around like the experience of that with them, or how did that work? Uh, yeah, we 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 did some user testing. It was mostly basically we just had meetings with Monzo where we together decided how the flow was gonna be. Uh, but we do you do user testing with banks, for example, tomorrow I'm joining Barclays for user testing regarding right. Barclays Launchpad. You recently partnered with Just Eat, as we mentioned. Um, they're a company that is obviously online already, so they're not issuing paper receipts anyway. Yeah. Was that just to be able to capture like all those independent takeaways in one kind of swoop almost? Um, I think I think it's also, I mean, if you think from the why a user should be using Flux is because you have all your data in a single place. Yeah. And like you, one of the main selling points is that like when you open your banking app and you see that you spent like 20 pounds, you know where you spend those 20 pounds in, not just that like you spend them yeah. at Tesco since what if. So yeah, the, the case of Just Eat is not like, it doesn't really help uh, the environment or like the main Flux goals, mm-hmm. but it still helps and like delivering you a better product. Yeah, like giving you like a better coverage, and for the yeah, as I said, like there are many things that that like we plan of doing with the data in terms of like providing you services, and just it is just like one of the biggest uh, yeah food retailers in in the UK. Yeah, so. I used to well, I did a contract for them a while back, so yeah, I've just well. kind of been in ground zero of all the the takeaways and stuff getting covered in Greece. So. <laughs> yeah, so just wanted to touch a bit more on. The data side of stuff, which is one of the core offerings that you're giving merchants. So what kind of data are merchants 
after? Is it like literally just what people are buying, how much they're spending, that kind of stuff? Or is there any other kind of interesting insights they're able to get through you that they can't otherwise get? For, for now, we're giving them very basic data. And also, to be, well, to, to be clear, it's always aggregated whenever yeah. telling like user X has been here X times and has bought like these many things. Yeah. Uh, the thing that they can do is mostly just suppose they know that like a group of users come to like the coffee shop every morning to buy bacon sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> they are able maybe to offer a better deal to these people and be like, uh, because you bought this thing five times, the next time it's going to be free. Yeah. So it's just a way of engaging them in a better way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, this is obviously something that we also pay a lot of attention to because offers can, offers can be great, uh, for the users if they're well targeted and if like mm-hmm. they're actually pertinent, but they can also be extremely annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, can, they can just feel like spammy or invasive. We 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 are super extra careful. Yeah, <laughs> the way that we approach this. So you're using the data presumably to learn about what's effective, and is that kind of then helping inform retailers how they should approach things, or is it they see the data and it's left to them to interpret it almost? Um, it depends on the retailer mm-hmm. uh, and the scale and the size, obviously, because like. So, Someone like an independent cafe will have different needs than like a big retail chain. I think, yeah. I think like, for example, going back to supermarkets, what they will care the most is just simplifying the, the loyalty scheme. Mm-hmm. So like take, for example, the Nectar car scheme. Uh, they already have, uh, like they already know what analysis they want to do. They already have yeah. like a very complex scheme. Or what they care the most is just like, increasing the, the engagement of the user with the scheme. So mm-hmm. we just want to simplify how you use the existing product. If you take an independent cafe, maybe what they care the most is just like you coming back a bit more frequently. So what we could focus is more like the loyalty card and like simplifying on the six visit, you get a free coffee. Like this, yeah. this, the card that you currently have that is made of paper and that they have to stamp. There is something quite satisfying about getting a card stamped. Yeah, <laughs> cards can, can, are nice, like, yeah. to be honest. Sometimes it's nice, like, if, if you really like a place, you want a card in your wallet, but most of yeah. the time, I don't know, personally, I, I, I forget them. Yeah, I found right. one in my wallet from when I worked in Westminster, like, six years ago, and it had, like, as one away from getting a free coffee. And it's yeah, just, I'm, yeah, just been gathering dust somewhere in a, a cupboard. Yeah, I'm not very good at them. I think because I try, I, I tend to get coffee from different places. Mm. So I just, I stopped using them, to be honest. So you're not loyal, is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> not a I am customer. loyal. Like I go to the same places, but maybe in the space of a week or so. Yeah. And I don't carry five cards with me. <laughs> so I'm just interested in your kind of ways of working stuff. Do you guys work in sprints here or is yeah. it a bit more flexible? Yeah, sprints. you do. Uh, could you maybe talk us through like something recent, a recent sprint you've worked on and kind of how it worked sort of end to end from kind of kicking off to actually delivering something? Um, <clears throat> so the, the, the way we work is, to be honest, because we, we've been going to a lot of growth, uh, it, also the process has been changing a lot. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, before, when I joined a year and a half ago, we were five people. Yeah. And obviously... <laughs> It was a way different way way of like yeah. interacting and distributing work. Uh, the last 
Sprint is probably the, the product I mentioned before, the self-onboarding platform for merchants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did some research, uh, like UX uh, research. We And we basically built an MVP. Like right now we have a small uh, minimum version of the product. Mm-hmm. And we're going to test it with a few small merchants before <laughs> before actually rolling it out. Yeah. We, we, we divided the the company like different squads or teams mm-hmm. so like different teams are working on different projects yeah uh, i was mostly involved with this one so have you got like representatives from the merchants you're working with that kind of get involved with sort of workshops and research and that yeah we we have a few merchants that are willing to like basically be part of our beta testing yeah and like let us know what they think and like mm-hmm. if it works or not yeah um, so obviously your the core mission is to kind of get rid of paper receipts for all the reasons we talked about at the start. Do you ever find that coming into conflict with what you kind of want to achieve as a business and grow or do they are they pr- marrying up pretty well at the moment? Because sometimes a good business decision is not necessarily the best decision to achieve like your uh, overall goal. Not, not for what regards to receipts, to be honest. I think like even merchants or retailers are pretty receptive. Like mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's pretty obvious that like they're not very useful as they are right now. Yeah. Um, it's more than maybe uh, just digitalizing receipts is a good value proposition for the users. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the retailers, they need a bit more mm-hmm. uh, because it's not really an issue for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but they do see once you you go into details about the the kind of services that you can provide if you have easier access to the data, they do see the value. And Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, another angle is like being ethical sales, at least in the current environment. So I suppose that even if the retail themselves are not overly bothered about kind of the environmental stuff, it's a good kind of image to have that you're, you're offering this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's also because sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to to explain the difference between what we do and what like another company that maybe just emails you the receipts that yeah uh, at least to certain retailers but it does make a big difference because in the other case you have to like leave your email or like scan a QR code or basically yeah. basically it's an extra step that you have to do during checkout whereas, and it's not tied to the actual transaction yeah. in your your bank obviously as well which yeah. is yeah annoying <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so just to wrap up then, so it's a question Carla normally asks, but she's sadly not with us today. She's not okay. dead, she's just ill. Um, <laughs> so she always likes to ask, like, is there any podcast or book or anything else you would recommend? Yeah, I, I, I listen to like 99% Invisible, which I think mm-hmm. is quite good, but also, yeah, not really secret. Uh, I, I think books are more like, like I listen to some podcasts, but I think books help me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, books or blogs, I would say. I, yeah. I read a lot of blogs. Not really just design-related, though. Uh, more like tech-related. So mm-hmm. uh, Ben Thompson's start, Thatchery, I think is the name. Right. Um, I love tech blogs, like Daring Fireball and stuff like that. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Um, but it's more uh, like, n- not like the Verge or like big ones, big brands, but more like independent ones. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I'm one of the few people probably that still uses uh, analysis feed reader. Uh, oh, feed. 
what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, like you know, Feedly the, or, or Google Reader or whatever. Yeah, Google Reader, yeah. which has been there for a few years, yeah. like five years or so. But yeah, yeah, I'm still subscribed to like the single website of the RSS feed <laughs> rather than like on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, I'm more of a blog reader than a book reader, I have to say. Yeah. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Cool. Um, all right. Well, thanks for talking to us today. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And if people want to learn more about Flux or start using it, what should they do? Uh, just visit our website, tryflux.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at designuntangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.